Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Tim Bishop. Uh, he's a man of many hats. He um, is the CEO, founder of Next Level Group, um, all about high-performance teams, organizations. Also, um, founder of On Mission, which is a platform-based play, and I'll let Tim dive into a little bit of that. Ex-military, um, army officer, lo- love to talk a bit about that today. So there's plenty to get into. And I'm sure there's plenty for listeners to take away. So, Tim, thanks for joining us. Hey, mate. Yeah, really, as we just, I know we dived into a pretty big chat before we got on, but <laughs> it's, um, it's awesome to meet you guys. It's been, all, it's been fun even just with 10 minutes' time. Yeah. It has. So, it's been, it's disappeared 10 minutes. It's yeah, about mate. 15 in. <laughs> Give it a few more hours, we'll be there. Tell, so for the audience, just tell them a little bit about you, your background, obviously spent a bit of time and um, you grew up in Papua New Guinea, you mentioned, mm. tell us a bit about your background, your history and what brings you to Next Level Group now. Man, that's simple questions with not simple answers, I think. Oh, I can imagine. Man, it's a bit like, <laughs> it feels like a bit like a Marvel movie and it's, um, it's full of arcs, but yeah, just for the listeners, um, 35, got a got a beautiful boy, two years old, and Atlas, we've got a beautiful partner. I think she's beautiful. Um, and I, yeah, I grew up in Papua New Guinea, but if I go back to the start, um, yeah, grew up in Papua New Guinea, come out of an engineering-based family. Um, mm-hmm. Mother heavily worked in coaching, consulting, and a little bit of psychology, and then my father was an engineer by trade, but built a company over there that looked after the mines and villages. And So you could say that I was influenced very early on service, which kind of pushed me into kind of wanting to join the military, but I wasn't actually the fittest kid around. So a lot of people don't realize that when they meet me in person, they go, oh, you've always been really fit and crazy. I said, no, I'm like the converted smoker. Like <laughs> I was like 110 at five foot eight in high school and I was the Michelin man. So I don't know anyone who knows who the Michelin man is, but that was me. So um, yeah. decided to turn my life around really quickly and out of high school went straight into Ad for Duntroon, um, which is like our military, our military college, got my degree in information systems and a few other things. Um, and then got the amazing privilege of serving um, and looking after soldiers, which is really where the business and the dream kind of came from. But I joined the military because my my family went into really serious financial distress. My father got, um, it was there was an attempted murder on his life, which was really interesting. And, oh, wow. Uh, he got stabbed and attempted to be shot and he had to flee the country and actually get out of there, um, which was really shit. But um, we realized that that caused a huge amount of stress in the family unit. And I just went, well, maybe I can join, maybe I can do something that doesn't put any stress on my mum and dad. So I thought, hey, I'll join the army. My dad's like, that sounds awesome. My mum's like, that's fucking awful. Must <laughs> so, uh, be worrying about you every day, yeah. Yes, I was worrying about every day, but I, you know what, I, I, I honestly say this from by my heart, it was like the best thing I ever did. I miss it every day. Um, I don't miss the bullshit or the bureaucracy, but I, I do miss that kind of. It's it's very hard. Anyone who's been in those environments will get it. Anyone who is observing will only ever wonder. But I can only say it is like this insane connection um, and community. I wouldn't call it camaraderie. That's too close to like a bit of a Russian lingo there, but. It's, um, it's, um, there's no comrades in this joint, but it's, it was definitely a, a, a place where I was forged. Um, and I, I started, started to learn a lot about who I was and who I really wasn't. So mm. I ended up going through, um, 
a process with a couple of friends where I wanted to go through selection and special forces. And then after losing a few mates on deployment and I just, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a super nerd. I was like, there's actually no respawn involved in this video game. I don't like it. Um, and I'm really not enjoying the, the role-playing game kind of features. I'm not picking up the items that I like and I'm not becoming the man I want to be. So that's actually the comedic angle I took. I went, I really want to enjoy what I'm doing. And the stuff that I really enjoy is actually developing capability, developing people. Mm -hmm. And I had a knack for it. I got a lot of feedback from my seniors who said, you know, you're an exceptionally good leader at what you're doing. And one of them, for better or worse, who's no longer there, I won't mention his name, but he gave me the push and said, you're a wasted asset. You need to get out. Um, you've got a really knack for lighting fires in people and getting them focused. And I went, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. And that's great to know. So I took a year off and I never came back. And um, that's when I realized I needed to make money. So I started a company and then built it and I actually sold it uh, mm -hmm. for a small penny, which was enough to keep me through and keep me alive. Um, I think that was luck, by the way. If anyone asks me how the hell you bought a business in your first two years of being on the streets and then selling it, don't ask. I don't know. I just did it. It was, it was just, you, people don't, people don't, people buy, I mean, at the end of the day, you can say people buy great products, but people buy great products and services that are extensions of personalities and people they really like. Mm. Um, Agree. I yeah, and I fell in love with people. I fell in love mm. with helping people and serving people. And then I joined forces with a bunch of guys where we built a company. Um, it was based out of Jakarta in Australia uh, mm -hmm. called Big Change. It's doing incredibly well. I was a co-founder there and I was the key strategist for all their military stuff. And then decided that I really loved the next level, which was the company I started at the same time. And mm -hmm. um, we were trying to merge it, but it wasn't going to fit the context of where they were going. They were doing very heavy consulting within, um, you could say, manufacturing and streamlining. And it, it, it wasn't my jam. So I said, guys, I'm out. I'm going to sell out. And then I focused on next level. We grew it to an extremely large community. And I use that word specifically because it was all around uh, building people. And we, so we, we'd pull in a couple of hundred students um, every few months, train them, get them back out in the street um, to lead. And we were embedding them inside organizations and companies. So those companies and organizations would come back to us and say, hey, you've transformed this person. What the hell did you do? And we went, well, that person's particular character and history is their curriculum. So we can't tell you what we did because it's unique to them. And they found that really interesting. So we then joined up and did some work with some companies um, across Australia so small and large and then that's when it dawned on me that I can't be a one-man army we grew our team um, to a solid 12 staff um, up to about 2019 we started developing the platform which is now on mission it was actually originally called BOSS B-O-S-S which was Battle Operating Success System which is a bit of a play anyone who's military will go oh that's such a cheesy thing but anyone who's not military will go oh that's kind of cool because yeah. we in the military they have these things called Battle Operating Systems so they're actually categories within the, the company or the organization of how you deploy assets so infantry and armored boss and I mean this is jargon but anyone who is in that environment will get it it's just a way of um, isolating a particular capability so we went I went oh now, people want to succeed so why don't we call it battle operating success system like how do we just help people succeed so we built that and then eventually we changed the name and um, pivoted and i can tell you now anyone who's building tech be careful when you pivot it's very expensive <laughs> it's, it's so expensive it's not funny so um yeah we we then got through to 2019 um 
and we actually I can actually say this with without any sort of emotional pull now we we nearly taint because um, COVID hit us we had a lot of big uh, relationships throughout the US we're a very heavy face-to-face company even though you've got um, technology and you can you can facilitate across time and space a lot of the clients we were working with know that but they want the time with you as a facilitator and a coach they want you in their space um as you guys know it's very different to you know when you watch a sports game versus you know being in the arena it's it's a totally different feeling so they wanted that with us and so we had to pivot very quickly to doing this kind of facilitation through technology and also not being able to do face-to-face overseas so we had to pull back a lot of our us and canadian clients and then we went really heavy into brisbane and sydney and melbourne uh, to look after those clients and as you guys know i mean it smashed a lot of businesses so we actually had to pause a lot of our income for nearly six to nine months because these guys were going to go under because of just how shit things were like we're talking logistics companies um shipping groups we're talking financial companies you know even health and fitness organizations gym chains online it was a mix so we work across multiple industries any industry we don't touch really is hospitality um because our specialty is in scaling growing and exiting clients so that was our strength and we needed to look after them so ross and i and a few other team members tightened our belts and just took a deep breath and said we better eat our discipline and uh get some niggering noodles and we buckled up and we did really well. So we came out, the clients nearly, I'd say all of our, not nearly, I'd say all of our clients have come out and they're doing really well. And uh, it sounds like a, a bit of a bullshit statement, but I always say to people, it's either bullshit or you're good at what you do, but we usually double and triple our clients within two, three years. Like we're very good at what we do, um, but it's only because we love developing and growing people and then the systems come in later. So that leads us to here. And um, there's a bit in that, right? So just a little yeah, bit yeah. to unpack. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't know how far well, you wanted to Quite a bit of information there. It's a good mate. summary. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, very good summary. Yeah. I'll pause you there a little bit. Uh, a couple of things that intrigued me along the conversation were um, the uniqueness you put along, uh, on the person uh, through who you engage with. And you mentioned you bring in students, a couple hundred or so. Um, and you might make a unique program for them. How do you go about that at a scale level? Because I find that might be a little bit challenging, but what is that sort of secret source that you think about um, to understand the person, the personality? Uh, we all have different personality traits, types, um, things that might impact us, our belief systems. There's a number of different areas there. Um, how do you consider all that when looking to grow a person, move a person forward? Man, that's a... There's a lot in that. That's a really good. That's a really good question, dude. So the best way to, so I'll take a step back. We 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 have to. When I say we, um, my partners I and any of the other coaches that we partner with or work with take a very. It's um, you know, we take a very serious approach. In a, and I say serious with serious play. So we're very. You'll tell that my demeanor is quite playful with what I do, but I take everything we do with sincerity and existentially, it's really important. So I'm in a, we, when you start interacting with an individual or a group of individuals, the first base principle that we're looking at there is number one, all these individuals want to be better. So that's the assumption that we make. Now we actually ask that, do they actually want to aspire to being great at who they are and what they do, both in a professional and a personal sense. Mm, good question. And that's something that, that's, yeah, that's overtly something we ask. And mm-hmm. so I'll give you a bit of an, um, I'll give you a story whilst unpacking what you've, 
um, ask because fundamentally the, the core belief we would have is that um, everyone's at their edge. Everyone's trying to work out what they need to do next. Um, and it's bullshit if anyone knows otherwise. So then the, the next question would be then, well, how the hell would you know? And I go, I don't. But what I do know is that if you don't have structure or strategy, you're going to fail. And so people need, like we call it, as a simple way to categorize it for anyone who's listening, we, it's like the big five. Like there's these big five things, not big five in the personality traits within psychology, but big five as what are these big five that everyone needs? And if you don't have them, you're actually going to struggle. Number one is, and it sounds like a cliche, but I want to use it from the its deep context of etymology, where it, where it comes from and what it means. So number one is vision. Like this is, and this taps into a passion of mine. I'm working with a guy who's overseas as a Canadian professor. He's, a, he's an amazing man. I'll do a shout out to him. A brilliant gentleman that everyone should definitely look up and hook into. So a lot of people have heard of Jordan Peterson. Um, but uh, another gentleman that is as equal to him and just an amazing vessel of information, granted knowledge, is a gentleman by the name of John Vivecki. Um, and yeah, he a, a brilliant man, brilliant mind, starting to take off very quickly. So John Vivecki, um, he and I have been interacting for a couple of years on this exact thing, which is, you know, how do you help people aspire to who they could be in a world that is constantly changing, shifting and quite chaotic? And so number one, if we go back to the big five, is if you, this for the listeners, it's like, do you have a clear vision for who you want to become? And that's really difficult. Like that, but that also includes the company. So we use the same set of principles with an organization. Um, and guys, pause me at any stage that this gets um, a little bit too rabbit holy, but mm -hmm. this is kind of the work, this is the work we do. So I'm not, I'm not sharing too much IP. Uh, in um, terms of um, what intrigues me is, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I'm just trying to, distill some of the information that you're sending here um what one of the stats was was two-thirds of um the top 500 ceos are all um military slash some sort of defense background now structure and strategy are two points that you put on um, i imagine they're two areas that you just dig in pretty heavily when you're in army forces etc yeah. so quite keen to dig in on that and understand and unpack that so hence yeah Keep going through the vision side. I think. Yeah, mate. So if maybe mm. maybe the easiest way to explain this is you can imagine maybe a triad. So if everyone can visually imagine like just a pre-corner, like just triangle. Um, you've got at any one stage, most people are employed or work for someone, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like not everyone can try to build their own thing, and neither they shouldn't. Mm. Like it would just become shit show. Like what you can do is either become an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, which means bring your best inside a company and build something really awesome with some awesome other people. It's way more fun. Like it's so much more fun to be able to be part of something that's really cool, which is that first step, which is vision. Like what's the vision for what you want to do and are you actually following it? And of course that's going to expose a whole bunch of problems like where am I, where do I want to be, you know, and this is this constant theme of most people haven't had time or stopped or been given the strategy and the structure to convert to reality right now into action their vision. So it stays as this really highfalutin bullshit category and concept that sits high in the eye. And this is why companies are going, well, this is our vision, these are our values. But the biggest challenge they've always had is how do I convert this really highly important, significant thing that we've identified into something that's integrated and in real time? 
So that's the problem we solve as a company. Now, can and we're trying to solve it at scale. Yes, that is a, not the, that's a huge problem. And this is a problem that companies want to solve because, you know, this whole great recession and the great, you know, resignation, all this kind of stuff, you can't, you can no longer just buy people because people want to, they intrinsically want to belong. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to know that they're impacting. They want to enjoy what they're doing. And I mean, and forgive me guys, like I've got hardcore ADHD. So if I start spitting off different topics, I'm going to stay with category one of vision. Yes. I want to just quickly bring over here that there's only three things that people really want when creating a meaningful existence and that's relationships that's it's an aspiration relationships and occupation that's it so quality of relationships am i occupied with something that's meaningful in what i'm doing have i got the right relationships i want and am i aspiring to who i could be those three elements are the three critical things that people need to have and if they're not being met they're going to move and so that's why the vision is not just, it's not just a thing that you hear a lot of coaches and companies going after. It's like, it's really the Northern star of like, and I mean, the star idea is really important because there's many stars you could follow, but if you try to swallow too many, you're going you're to become a no one and you're going to destroy your company. You're not going to have a clear idea. And the vision is not also, like probably to give a definition to your audience, there's plenty of definitions on how you would define vision, but you it's not the vision is not what you see it's how you see okay how you see the future how you see the direction how you see where we're moving to how you see how we help yep got it so this comes into this beautiful science of cognitive science and you know action and motivation and direction and self you know self you know so we're self-organizing systems when you will like as an example anyone knows this if someone wants to go somewhere they go, well, I'm going to go train. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to eat well. All those little micro tasks or actions, they all nest under one major concept. And if you ask them, they go, I just, I want to be a fucking awesome human being. Cool. That's part of the vision. That's actually part of it. So if you have a company and you say, our vision, I'll give you an example of an organization and guess what they do. This company grew from two to 15 million with us in three to four years. Their vision is to become who you want to be. Jim. To become who you Jim? want to be. <laughs> they're a property, develop they're a property okay. development group. It's crazy. We've got another one. I'll give you another one. Um, uh, to be your second family. This can be anything. These guys are, <laughs> yeah, no, they went from four locations to 15. Yeah. And they're still smashing it. They did really well through COVID. They do. They're a gym chain. And the, the founder was like, man, I, even if you've got a good family, I want to be your second family. You've got a shit family, you're going to be my second family. And it's because this, it, it, this and, I, and I know I'm really, I'm hanging on this because I don't want to just go, here are the big five, here's this. It's like, when you actually get this, this is game changing. Like, and it's hard because you're trying to make, especially with what you guys are doing, you know, you've got a vision for what your podcast is and the business, but you've agreed on it you're sharing it you're interacting it's inspired others i've joined it like you know i'm i'm part of it in somehow in some shape way manner or form but then the the next big five that people need to look at is planning they suck most people are not a plan not plan planning like the ability to understand that a product is but a byproduct of its process and process is structure and strategy integrated in real time 
So if you have a vision, but you don't know how to plan, you're going to become someone, you're going to become part of someone else's plan. And this is the challenge that people go, I'm just going to join forces with this thing because I have no clue what I'm doing and where I'm going, which is, hey, that was me. I joined the army. I was like, fuck, that's a great vision. Be all you can be, wear the greens, get mean, kick doors in, meet interesting people. Hopefully you don't have to kill them. You know, like it's all that guys. You know? And I didn't have to, which I'm really grateful for. It's actually the really stupid question I was getting. Did you kill someone? I'm like, well, no, thank God. I didn't have to do that. But, you know, the best gift from being in the military was that we shouldn't start wars. You know, like who does it really serve, right? So let's not go there. But that's anyway. awesome. yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like you can imagine like a bit of a hierarchy around, okay, we've got the vision and then we go into planning. Those two elements can be an absolute game changer just for a small team, large team, an organization. And I can tell you with absolute love, even large, really awesome organizations like big four consulting firms, they drum on this, but a lot of their teams suck at it. Because it's a personal process as well as a company process. Agree. And if yeah, you, 100% agree. If you, yeah, yeah. If you've got a company that's doing it with individuals that don't know how to do it, mm. you don't know how to do it. Do you find on the planning front, just to dig in a little bit of that tactical element, do you find that each individual plans in different ways or needs to think in different ways? Because we're all different creatures of habit, right? No. Or do you find that... That is such a question, man. There's one structure for everybody because I've found certain things work for me, certain things don't. But yeah, just a question to ask. So this, that's a... So for those listening and even the question, man, I think when it comes to when it comes to planning, it's more of a unique process to each people, but it has a structure to it. So the difference between a script versus structure. So we're not imposing a script. You must do it this way. Um, it's actually, here's a structure with some key principles that will actually cause the person the ability to have the, the, the mental willingness to think through the problem. Because a lot of people haven't been coached on this stuff. So it's kind of like, it can be quite uncomfortable because people start to move into spaces and it'd be really nice if we could stay non-emotional, but we're, we're driven by emotion. It's, so when you start teaching people how to do this, the result that we've noticed, we did it with... Um, about, we tested across about 460 of our students that were going through academy over the last couple of years at the time. We didn't, our academy got switched off very quickly when COVID hit because it was very face-to-face, -face, all those types of things. But when we were doing all the studies and checking in all the data, just the idea of knowing how to plan was coming up with, just talking about mums, dads, business owners, founders, those types of things. They, they started to realize just how much time they were fucking wasting. And, on the wrong it, things or in the wrong areas or hopping between things. different things and yeah juggling yeah yep, got it and i think mm. i think i think a key word that we could tuck in is something that's synonymous with planning is actually projecting like a project like that's the that's what the that's the original word of a project is how do you throw forward in time the thing you want to achieve it's like throwing a spear throwing a rock that's where it comes from and so you are your own, you're the number one project you'll ever build in your own life. So yeah, I can build a business. Yeah, I can go build other people, but I've always got to look after home base. So this is where we would take people through this and you'd see this huge increase in uh, performance and engagement and discussion. Now I will add, we're doing all of this discussion under the context of a company code, which is its vision, values and standards, which most companies think they have, but don't actually have done really well. So that's a whole, that's a whole other, like, that's a really cool discussion. But just so you understand, 
those categories aren't something we just go start. We actually have to start at the context of like, why the fuck does this business or this individual exist? And, in it, and if they don't have a clear answer, we help them get it. So for those listening, if you don't have an answer and you're doing well, that's normal. It's just unconsciously competent. But there's plenty of people out there who are still struggling to figure out how the fuck do I become the best at what I do in the most effective, efficient way that gives me the best return for my time and energy. And so imagine now doing that across... It's a great question, though. 10, if you ask yourself that yeah, every day, um, you're going to give it a better answer, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So then that's... That's the first two. So that's vision and planning. And then the third one, which is really the powerhouse, like absolute powerhouse in this whole process is team. So people go, but, but if I'm like an individual and I'm transitioning, I'm in a company or I'm a founder, it's like, yeah, team's everything, man. So you've got a team now. This is like the, this is the number one force multiplier in any organization. People got technology. I'm like, no, it's not. There's plenty of tech companies. I mean, I was just looking at the stats. Only 10% of startups, even each year, only 10% succeed, actually make it out alive. And that doesn't mean, like, people go, oh, I made it out alive. I'm like, that's your first year. And then you got your second year. And then you got your third year. And then you got competitors that have more capital. They have a better, clearer vision. They've built a better network, better knowledge base, and they just fucking destroy you. And the thing about tech is it's not like it's real estate that you can sell. Once it's not working, it's fucking. It's just a tool. You can't do it. That's what people don't um, realize. It's just the thing you use to do what you do to execute your vision or your plan. That's it. That's it. It's got to be part of that kind of all-encompassing ecosystem and relevance. And so we looked at it from a human-centric point of going. We got the vision. We got the planning in place, and then we go, okay, let's look at the team. How's the team performing? How are they jazzing? How are they interacting? Now that we've looked at the individuals, how do we look at the space between the individuals and then get them moving and grooving, interacting? And I'm going to, I'm not going to go into a huge detail with that kind of stuff because it's a little bit unique. But again, that's still an extension of these assets that we put in place for organizations. And the fourth one, which is um, like a surprise for most people, it's an obvious one, is training. Um, how much time do people get on training their mind? Not, not meditation and not mindfulness because meditation and mindfulness are actually tools. They're not categories. So they're not, even though they're big fields of work and study, they're actually just tools in the toolbox. How, how have you been trained and encouraged to engage how to use the toolbox that you've got? And it's full of other tools no one even knows about. So all these mental skills, like people, there's a guy named Don Green, um, He's an American psychologist. And this is a lot of the work that comes out of a company of collective mind who are cutting edge at this stuff. They take really high profile people in power, very important positions, but usually people of power and influence that need to perform or they're screwed. And these guys have been able to turn around sporting teams, you know, pro, people in the edge, CEOs, organizations, because if they can't make clear decisions um, at the right time, the right place, it actually affects bottom line, trajectory of entire organizations, thousands of people's lives. And so this is where training as the fourth area, as you look at your own team and look at yourself and then look at the people you're around, you go, in an empathetic way, how much training have people been given on their own mind? And if you were to actually give it a full rounded number, it's 0%. Most people, and they go, well, I'm focusing on my sleeping and that's one area, but then how have you been taught how to focus? Intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation, determination, self-concept. There's all these things that it's like, holy crap, I've never heard of that. I'm like, well, that's you, baby. That's 
this is you. This is the machine. This is the greatest machine you're ever going to man as a, you know, whatever religion you want to follow or non-religion. This is the greatest vessel you're ever going to be in. It is you. And if we can't get you performing at your best, then what the fuck are you doing? Good couple, like, couple of questions on that. Desc <laughs> so you described meditation as a tool, the example. Um, yeah. Digging in and understanding the construct of yourself, where does one start? Because that's always an interesting journey. Um, and it starts quite broadly. Someone might be going through some struggle. as during the time they pick up and look at yeah. themselves. Um, if things are running swimmingly, sometimes people that or people just want to stay in this, the position they are, they're happy with that, um, or they're not, um, I'd say they're not happy with it, but maybe they're content and they're just on the surface of okay, and okay sometimes is safe. So <laughs> at, at a rock bottom state, most people generally look at themselves a little bit more. So where do you start? Because I sort of started a journey myself probably years ago just looking at, one guy and I attracted to him and you learn over time that there's many options out there um, and many different things and ways yeah. of thinking and evolution but I think you've got to go through each stage but love to hear your thoughts on that um first things first I would say that what you're like what you just shared then is really important so that that willingness to start a journey and not really sure entirely why sometimes is really important because that's kind of like if I go back to just number one is like this idea of the vision um, do you have to have, sorry here. So this is a vision doesn't always show up visually. It can show up emotively. So, you know, when you get really excited about something and it's really big and you, you know, it's really important. It's like, it's almost like if you, and I mean, this sounds a bit different, but if you had like a future version of you that was calling you forward, like that's a good way to put it. Like if you had a, the best kind of, and everyone can, everyone can do this where they kind of have a, an awareness that when they're on track or off track. And so the question is, why wait to be off track? And so your point is like, I went on this kind of journey of like, you know what, let me, do, I'm going to go discover some elements of me and learn about me. And, and I think, you know, a thing that uh, a mentor said to me recently, which I really love is he goes, the difference between anxiety and excitement is breath. True though, <laughs> yeah, and very true. Yeah. true. And the challenge is when we're part of like, man, this is gonna go fucking. This is gonna get deep. So if we, um, if we just remember that everyone's thrown into this world, like, you didn't go, you know what? I want to be part of that family, that cohort. And can you inject me when everything's real fucking good? It's, oh shit, I'm here now. Um, and you've been born into a world that's full of infrastructure, technology. Uh, cultural frameworks, um, your own parents. And, you know, as you start to get older, you start to realize just how much your parents were just trying to figure it out as well as you were. Trying to do that, mate. So this is kind of like, <laughs> when, you, when you have kids yeah, especially, you, know, you start to realize that they're just trying to do the best they can yeah, with what it, they have. Yeah. Doesn't that make you grow up yeah, quick? Eh? They, they do. Just, <laughs> did, you, did you just go like, what was I doing oh, with my? I don't stuff? remember like, time. Oh, where was I wasting? I just a waste of a lot of bloody time. Right? <laughs> yes, that's just another oh, man, construct. Yeah, yes. no, I know. Oh, dude, and, and it, it's exactly. I was like, man, I had no time. Now I have kids. I'm like, what yeah. was I thinking? Yeah, what was I thinking? But look, the, to, to your point, um, Andrew, that the reason I say it's a tool is because it's. For, the, for a context, is it the context of calming, connecting with yourself? And for those out there who are actually, um, 
I say this without, I'm not a psychologist. Have I studied in it? Yes, but I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. Um, I work in performance, not pathology. And um, based on the assumption that no one's broken, people can actually actually repair, rebuild and get on with what's actually important. Um, but some people get really stuck. And I'd say that first things first, if you're a go-getter and you want to become who you want to be and you want to do that stuff, you have to connect with, <laughs> sounds, it sounds it's like a cliche, but it's not. You have to connect with your own heart. You really have to be able to connect with your own emotions. Like we're not, we are, we think, but it's not the primary. We feel and then we think. Um, thinking came much later. Feeling is there. And it's like the thinking, feeling connection, the mind-body connection, not my, people say body, brain. It's not body, brain. It's mind, body. Because the brain is like, it's like me saying hand, body. It's the hand's part of the body. The brain's part of the body. It's a feature in the body and a function. So a lot of people, if you want to access the mind, that's why meditation, mindfulness, breathing techniques, accessing the mind is actually access through the body. This is why in defense and different environments, why they say you need to look after your health. Make sure you go for walks. Make sure you go outside. This is um, for anyone who's into it, you know, check out Dr. Oh, sorry, Professor Andrew Huberman. Um, he's an amazing mind. He's probably one of the best. Um, he's, he's a leading neuroscientist from, I think, Stanford. And his content is free. He runs an amazing podcast and he's taken off like wildfire because what he's done is given away all the shit most people put behind paywalls and firewalls um, for free. And it's cutting edge. It's relevant. Anyone can tap into it. You could literally look up the thing you want to solve and he will have talked about it for two to three hours. Um, so that's a gift. You know, that's part of the age that we're in. There's this upside to some of the downside, Facebook thing, the downside. Um, so <laughs> no tongue in cheek. But so that was... You, I'd say that you've always got to go to context and be open to exploring the unknown, like really step into what could be. And the could be, you're not going to have a clear um, idea of where it is. And part of understanding and uh, connecting with that vision is being okay that a vision is much like a horizon line. You can only see so far. But if your people, so if your people actually stand and they go out for walks and they go and look at things um, outside a normal environment, this is the, we're going to start, I'm not going to get into it, but this is where you start getting into the science of awe. And this science is of built into awe. it. The minute we awe, like yep. inspiration, yep. like awe, awesome. Awe. A-W-E, yeah, awe. The science of awe. So you've got awesome. And, you have to and be awake and paying awe, attention to know. be able to notice that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude, it did key one oh one. And so this this kind of um these kind of simple categories um give anyone anywhere the ability to just quickly check in and go, Man, do I even have a vision? Man, I'm not and by the way, I'm not for everyone. Like I'm a mix of military. Oh, you're a very interesting character in my mind. Um yeah. The heart the heart yeah, connection so, piece is interesting. A tool that I use is heart yeah. math, um one of those areas. Um yeah, quite a big fan of that strategy. The science behind that's pretty profound as to the improvement on performance. I think 30, 40% in, in performance improvements, if you want to check that out, if anyone's listening. Um, that's all about heart breathing. Hey, that's a great recommendation. Connecting to oneself. Um, and it just slows you down. And this is the quicker you get out of here, the better you are. Um, that's what I've found as I've journeyed through. That's, yeah, one thing I utilize. I think one thing that you just you just reminded me of, um, Andrew, is that I think there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with aspiration. Like there's this 
and I speak for mainly men, uh, not speaking for men, sorry, that's not what I meant, speaking as a man with men, um, the, the intrinsic hardware that we carry is actually hunter-gatherer kind of like, and that's not everyone. Does every man do that? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, no, if you take your time to pay attention to where we came from and what normal looks like, this is not a normal environment. We are not in a normal, this is not normal. Like it is not normal to wake up and look at a city of towering monolithic systems when that's not what your biology is tuned to. It, it, you can tune it to it, but this is why the majority of our pop, you know, like an example is if you look at the top 10 causes for death across the world, I think seven of them are all lifestyle related, all of them. And even though suicides ranked 14 in Australia or something like that, um, the, the good thing is that you, you start to realize that people are losing connection to what really matters. Like they really are. This is this, this, is this meaning crisis that John Vivecki talks about. This is really important shit. So the, the cool thing is you don't have to wait for anything. You can start doing it in your own business, your own team, your own family. And it's actually really accessible, but it's, it requires emotion. It requires the ability to connect. It requires empathy. It requires the ability to communicate and talk. Like what you guys are doing is like the coolest way to do that because you're just connecting and creating cool conversations and who gives a fuck where it goes. Uh, open to any conversation. I have no idea what this is going to be when we walked into it. We met and what, 50 minutes ago? And like you said, yeah. we could talk for That's hours. I'll probably yeah. just start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, it's just disappeared. Happy to keep, happy to so keep going, because um, there's a bit in this. Um, yeah, no, guys, yeah. I, I, I think it, it's, it's. Um, I think that that's, I mean, it's, I'm, I want to apologize to the listeners. Like, I'm, I get really excited. I'm very high energy. Um, and I am quite like manic. So if you come into my office, I've got pictures everywhere. I've got drawings and shit. And I'm trying to solve stuff. And I'm working with people. And um, my biggest lesson is learning to slow down. So that's been, you know, I have a coach. And I think everyone for re in reason should find someone they can really connect with. Not someone that I, and I want to make something really clear. I don't say go find some wanker online who's going to sell you some bullshit course and get you into their funnel. Go find someone that is going to back the promise about who they can help you become either professionally or personally. That's the person you want and you hold them to it because you're not paying for just the outcome. You're paying for a process to allow you to become the absolute best without them. That's the point. Yeah, the without them's the That's point. The and I think point. putting... I'd, I'd question putting the onus on them to do something. I think it's all about you too. So you have to take ownership. Um, using someone for accountability is maybe what you need, but how do you own... Because how yeah. you show up is what's gonna what the results gonna be in the end. Yeah, man, and I, and to, to to that point, it's like I know that we've covered we've probably covered a lot in a very short window. It's been, um, but I think you know the whole point of connecting with your heart it, that means a few things. And if I can share with when it comes to planning, as we just step back to step two, you know, vision planning team and then training there is one final step and if you miss it you actually fuck the first four um but when it comes to planning there's it's really really important that people understand that you know when i said a vision is not what you see but how you see i'll give you an example if we can just use it real time um 
if I say to you, our vision is to play a bigger game, and then I turn to you and say, hey, Anthony and Andrew, hey, do you guys want to play a bigger game? What's your answer going to be? Uh, yeah, always looking to play a bigger game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah let's do it. But what's happened in that is we've kind of agreed to it, but at no stage did you share what mm. you were seeing. Correct. Yep. So that's, but so let's, let's play this game. In organizations, what they tend to do is there's a heavy focus on mechanics without a, a, an attention on the manner in which you execute mechanics. So if you look at the news, most of the time when it isn't a violation of, you know, someone's sovereignty and it's in the extreme, I'm talking about, I'm talking about right, things like rape, murder, I'm talking about extreme. So let's move all the extreme cases to the side. When you see screw ups in organizations, teams or startups, it's because they fucked up the manner, not the mechanics. The mechanics is the effect, not the cause. So it's not what you did, it's how you did it. It's not what you said, it's how you said it. It's this kind of subtle, there's another layer sitting there and everyone's like, oh, what's that? And this is where the manner of something, how the dynamics of how you do something is in values. It's in the values. But you can't possibly know what your values are if you don't know what you ultimately are going towards. Because values are, intrinsic, are built as systems to say yes or no to. You, you, you can't focus on everything. You've only got, your body's got only so much time, so much energy. And it, you look at your eyes, like it's such a great, you can only put this system at something. And your life becomes whatever you constantly keep paying attention to. So you've got to figure out, okay, why do I keep paying attention to these types of things? And the best way to know what people value is how they act. It's not what they say, it's how they act. And this is the beauty of like, when you hear people say things like, you know, you don't get results, you just get your standards. And what's happened over time is there's been this real deep connection with organizations and CEOs and founders and creators and podcasters that there's this amazing rush to realize this great potential. And if anyone's in business or in the business of creating and connecting, you're in the business of potential because the reason we keep getting up and doing what we do is because we believe in the thing coming that we're building. So you're in the game of how do I make this shit reality? And so you've got to bargain with your, you've got to bargain with the future and go, okay, what am I going to say yes to? What am I going to say no to? So I better get clear with this kind of bigger game of like what success looks like. But then if you then share what the bigger game is for each of you, you'll say something completely different, but it'll be fucking awesome. But then if we step through the statements of what you each say, I mean, let's, you want to play the game? Do you want to just test it? So if I say, what's the bigger game? Like just, you can make something, make it up as if it's real though. Don't make it up. Like if you say, yeah, the, the bigger game for me is this, this is what I'd like to do. For me, it's, um, impacting more founders um yeah so how do we impact ten thousand at once that's a big game we're micro so we play little games where we're helping individuals individual businesses along the journey but how do we scale that so that's a big game that i see in the context of what we do and that's where the podcast stems in and and sort of helps us get some more material out but then how do you drive more impact across a bigger environment with more people impacting more founders, more entrepreneurs. That's the bigger game for me. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, so just out of curiosity, how did you feel hearing that? <laughs> out of curiosity? I'm very specific <laughs> and to the point. So I would have just said, yeah, have more people, more clients, so... more software delivered and reach more people. And I would have left it at that. 
<laughs> but how good is that? Like you can imagine like you guys cross hats now where I, I want to kind of point out, this is why the team element is so important. So imagine if you've got people who then share the vision, share their concept of what they're seeing, you, you put in place this ability to plan and execute together. And we have, we have these assets that do that. So planning is the category, not the thing. It's an out, it's like the thing you do. And then you come together and not only do you now see what each other sees, you've shared perspectives, you've shared language and you've shared energy. You actually, it's like when one person shares, you get two things. That's the beauty. You get to have your thing and you've now got their thing. So if you get a team of 10, that person's, everyone's now got 10 things. And they've not just updated each other, they've improved their own perspective if they're doing proper team dynamics and interacting and it's not about, by the way, I'm not saying everyone needs to agree. Um, diversity, inclusion, equity, that kind of, I'm, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that some ideas are shit, but if you don't share it and you don't then include it and integrate it, you can't ever know that. So a lot of people are in organizations at times where they're not sure how to share and those types of things. So a lot of these founders are actually overworking because they haven't actually tapped into the most powerful economic engine that anyone's got, which is their brain. So this is like the work, this is the, the the future of any organization won't just go to how much cash you've got, but how well you're tapping into the cognitive ability of each of your members individually and collectively, because that's the powerhouse. So um, even though Anthony, yours was short and dot point, that just comes down to different thinking styles, which are beautiful. And Andrew's the same, and you bring that together. But me listening to that, I was instantly like, this makes so much sense. So you know, you get this kind of uh, epiphany of like things seem to fall in place. So I've always, thought myself very lucky. Things always work out for me. That's always been my attitude. Even though I've had some really rough patches, I've always gone, oh yeah, it's raining. We're good. Got that, you know, snowflake. Like I'm drinking, I'm good to go. It's just, I think some people are like, I hate this, this is fucking shit. I'm covered in mud. I'm like, I don't know. Everyone's different. It depends on what you want to focus on. But to your point, guess what I absolutely love doing, guys? I love helping founders. And that's my... That's like like something I loved what you just said. I was like, man, how cool would it be to help these founders because they forge futures? Yeah, that's that's so, the, that's the fun a, part. They're, like, they're creating something new. They're looking to impact. They're looking to make a bigger difference. And I feel like yeah, we're in business. We serve all different people, clients, customers. Um, but yeah, the things that really drive me are the ones that are looking to just push the boundaries a little bit and create a something bigger, better, and get more out of themselves, their business, their people, help more customers, etc. Um, that's what drives me in the morning to get up. So it's about how do we help more. Um, we're a team of 35, um, which is a decent team. It's growing. and But for me, we're still only impacting this tiny little, tiny little slither of what's out there. So... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it, isn't it interesting though? You go like, it's cool to then walk into the challenge that you've got now, where you're like, it's so much bigger than what it used to be. But the awareness, like, it's almost like what you've described then is that your awareness is exceeding your actual reach. But that's there's actually a beautiful quote, which is your. Oh, let me. I don't want to bastardize. It's a what you just said is exactly this quote, and it was along the lines of. Your, your reach should always exceed your grasp for what are the heavens for. That is exactly like that there, the distinction of like what a vision is, is it will always exceed your grasp. But it's that it creates this kind of compelling dynamic around 
I want to do, it's like an artist. No artist has ever gone, I'm done. I've done my picture. Good to go. They, there's this kind of, I'm, I'm in this process where it's not just, it's not parasitic, but it's empowering. And the beauty of something that you guys are tapping into is that that's a human, that's a human process. Everyone can tap into that. That's kind of like what started me in this company was you, you want to help founders? Build a oh, it's all about team. the team. And because yeah, the, team... the thing that I learned when we were, uh, I don't know, it was 14 years ago now. There was three of us in a room, went down to two because one of, <laughs> one of us didn't work. Um, it's like trying to do, <laughs> trying yeah, to do everything on our own accord. And then as you get more people around you, it's about letting go. <laughs> I found that a challenge. It's about letting go of everything that you yeah. used to do. Um, and yeah, bringing people on the journey and up, enabling them and empowering them to make decisions. It's about learning those new habits because as I think people are listening, they might be one or two people. Um, and then if you get to 10, 20, 30, um, let's hope that's where you get to and grow to, if that's what your vision is. Um, that you're able, you need yeah. to let go and you need to change yeah, and evolve to as to you go forward. And that's let go of all the I shit you don't like doing journey. and yeah. focus on the stuff you do like Definitely. doing because you'll do that better all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. mm. yeah. And it, that's a good point. I mean, it's uh, especially difficult when you're when you start out, you are doing nearly everything, you are all things to all people, and then eventually you start to refocus. And it's very normal for founders. And I, look, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from this that there's there's a big difference between founders and CEOs because, um, and not in a better or bad way, but you know, when you've got people who actually build companies from zero up to something, it's a totally different dynamic. And then the CEOs are really important as a function of ownership and responsibility when you've got an existing company that's running because you need someone to run it. Because some founders are shit CEOs. Um, I actually, even though I've got the title of CEO for whatever boutique consulting brand that we've got and the companies we look after, I'm more a founder than a CEO. Um, I have a business partner who's heavily, uh, he's a great CEO, um, but not really a founder. That's not his thing, but he's brilliant at what he does. And then we've got other company partners and man, one of them is absolutely a CEO, but also a brilliant founder. Um, and he just said, I love building large organization stuff, but he goes, Tim, I'm in a different stage in life. And, and that's the beauty is it, it, at each level, there's, there's an, an awareness of what's my next level, like what's my next stage that I'm moving to. And, and, that, and, that, and, and as I say that, the really important thing is stop pursuing something you think you need to pursue because then you can forget about what's really important. And this comes back to things like um, connecting with your own heart. And I, and, I say, and I say this sincerely, guys, because and I, and I'm not going to – I'm going to blow smoke up my own ass. Um, I'm – even though my marketing skills are somewhat questionable, it's not my strength because I don't really have a I don't have a profile online. I haven't really paid any attention to it because, to be frank, I'm too fucking busy working with clients. Um, the last thing I need to do is have a whole bunch of new fish come in when I can't look after them. So we referred we were a heavily referral based business, but I've, I've, I'm working with and have worked with some extremely high profile individuals, and it's really sad to see that after 10, 20 year careers. They're quite miserable. And that's not always. Now, people then hear that and they say, you'll oh, see money doesn't buy happiness. And I'm like, shut up. Money does buy happiness. Most people I know that have a fucking jet ski are having a good time. So people who say money doesn't buy happiness, that's not true in its absolute. But it, it's, it's, you've got to look at it with distinction. Money helps you arrive at problems in style. 
So it's this ability to then go, money is not an end game, but a middleman or a middle woman, whatever way you want to say it, to help it's another you solve resource, problems. Right. And if you've got, it, it, exactly, it's a resource. Money only amplifies more of what you've got. So if you've got a, you're having a shit time and you just keep spending money to solve it, you're going to have more of a shit time. Um, and I know plenty of people that live well below their means but make heaps of money and then they still go, I'm not sure what to do with it, but it's there and I'll probably just give it all away because they like sitting in their library at home or they want to go back to uni. Like they just this super simple, I like it kind of stoic kind of way of living. Um, and the, the challenge would be is that even though I'm making a lot of this sound quite, uh, what's the word, An analytical at times um, and maybe simple because I can, you know, you and I can all talk about it. It's a process and a journey. It takes time. Like this is the joke that I used to crack with some of these professors overseas is there's a, there's a reason why we call it embodiment, but there's this huge, there's a this huge obs like obsessive compulsive thing going on in our culture about inhedment. Like there's a big difference between people are usually getting it up here, but they're not embodying it. So people know what to do, but then don't do it. So they're not getting it past their neck. So this is, this is why people are getting so anxious is they're so, it's like, oh, I'm just fucking, there's so much going on. I've got so much to do. I need to do this. And I look at this Instagram chick and this Instagram guy and he looks good and she looks good and I never have. And it's like, guys, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like the biggest distraction you've got now is this giant, like fucking sphere of bullshit and noise. And it's, you're being limpically hijacked. And if we go back to vision, your vision is not to sit there wasting your fucking time on social media. Like, and this is this is this subtle, like everyone's got a little little Jiminy cricket that sits with them. It's like, hey, but go back to base, connect with yourself and start working through what are the things that I need to do here right now. And I know this like for anyone listening, it's like, oh, I've heard this stuff before. But I'm like, you know what? People have heard this before, but they're still not fucking doing it because they keep thinking it needs to be something really complex, really fucking technologically amplified and all the la la la. But it's actually really simple because that's what's got most of us to where we are today is just doing the basics. And then when you do the basics, all the advanced cool shit starts to come. But it doesn't rely on some big overarching secret source. There is no secret source. The only secret source people have got is that most people are still hiding. Like, that's what founders can't do. They have to fucking become who they need to be. They have to lead teams. They have to inject their own personality. And you can do that as a team member, an employee. Um, and if you can't do it in your organization, my question is then, what do you want to do? You know, what have you got to bring into that organization? What conversations do you need to inspire, engage with, with your team leaders? And you're always in a trade for time. So it's like, what are you bartering with? Are you just paycheck to paycheck? Are you just living like week to week, month to month? Like, and I mean, that is, there is some people that are actually unfortunately in that situation. Hence why, you know, if a founder or a business owner or a great leader or a team, whatever you want to call it, manager is always in service of others. But the best way to help serve others is through being the best version you can be. And also know that there's no such thing as perfection. It's just a process. And I will add real quick, the last Fifth step that is the one that everyone is screwing up more than the first four. Because if you just do number five, if you do number five, you do my hands here, sorry, I'm like showing you one thumb. If you if you just do number five, the first four actually fall into place really well. And number five is recovery. You yeah, don't give ourselves time to stop, do we? <laughs> breathe. Yes. Breathe. No, people don't stop. 
they don't recover, they don't sleep well. Um, they're all too busy being busy to be busy in order to be busy for the next busy. And it's like, hmm, if, you know, and it's it goes back to things like the, like the names just forgot me. It's like the unexamined life isn't worth living. It's like, why not just stop? Like just stop for fucking five minutes, mate. And just write down what's some stuff you want to work on. And then that five minutes turns into 10 minutes. And now I'm talking about little tools and strategies, but it, these are all things that come nested under your values. It's like, once you know your values, not the ones that you want, the ones you need, big distinction. Everyone goes, oh, I'm, I'm all about health. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you don't look it. <laughs> you know, like, let's be honest. It's like, there's nothing wrong with having that value, but what's the standards that you need to honor so that you can embody that fucking vision and idea of who you want to be and then all the cool shit flows Leaning in that i've got one question because we're going way over but anyway um it all stems around team and then training um training people around a system how do you go about it so i'm imagining there's a little bit of um thinking about training people about who they are who they're looking to become, not just around, this is how I do X, Y, Z in the job. Yeah. It's not about the process. It's a little bit more beyond that. So um, how do you encourage that in a team, especially people that are questioning that angle, if you know what I mean? Um, because I think everyone will have their own sort of um, beliefs, systems around where they are, where they're at. There may be good people in, the, in terms of the living process, but how do you train them or encourage them around these different areas and categories so there so you've got kind of the you've kind of got business as usual day-to-day -day actions outcomes you know we don't use we don't use kpis we i mean we kpis are there but we don't we don't instill that in companies because we use a different process it's like kpis with an extra axis of just awareness so that it's embedded culturally um, creates a really deep level of ownership. And I think that's what you would be looking at when you're looking at mobilizing. Because really what you're wanting, I mean, and if I can correct me if I'm wrong, is instead of telling people what to do, you're actually mobilizing them in such a way that they're, they're immediately engaged in the short and long term around what we're actually building as a team. So this is kind of subtle, provocative, like they want to, do things with you. They, they, they want to create things. They come up with ideas. And you now people go, oh, that seems like a dream. People like can love the company as much as you. Um, that's a crock of shit. Like I know Gary Vee said that. And Gary Vee is 20, 40, 50 times bigger than what I've built. But um, I know plenty of really smart people at the top that say shit that just doesn't make sense. And um, I agree with a lot of things that man says. But one of the things is that people will never love the business as much as you. That's a crock. I know plenty of people who love companies more than the founder at times. And it, they just fall in love with it. They love it, they wanna be there, they wanna live it, they wanna breathe it, they get tattoos for it, they're just part of it. And that's that need to wanna to belong to something that matters. At some level, you're gonna, you're gonna, no matter what you do as an owner or a founder, you're gonna lose people because they are on their own journey and you're part of theirs. Whereas we have to be very mindful as leaders and founders that um, you don't own people. Um, you own the vision and the mission to help mobilize those minds and those bodies, but you don't own the people. Um, if you want to own the people, you have to help them own the outcome as well. That doesn't mean, I don't mean equity. I don't mean control. I mean, if they've got a good idea of the problem they're solving and the impact it's going to have, and they love that, they're going to own part of the problem picture. 
And that training then it becomes becomes very aware where they need the training. Um, and this is and then to your point, Andrew, it's very difficult when you start looking at really large, let's say enterprise. So we're working with a client, we're working with a partner who's working with a client that it's you know hundred thousand. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. an impossible so problem. So you can't Correct. solve that. It's huge. Whereas our strength at the moment is we look at small groups of like say you know ten all the way through to about four hundred staff. So that's so even a hundred staff sounds a lot, but it's 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 it is, but it isn't because the dynamics is much the same. You got a team of twenty to twenty five, thirty, and then you get to about one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty. When it gets to over one hundred fifty, the dynamics start. You've got multiple senior managers and leaders. So you've got the hierarchy starts to expand. And when I say hierarchy, I mean that from a decision making kind of um, command and control. But it's the training is always going to be in the context of say getting people to move and mobilize. Is that you've got to come back to what's the problem we're solving? How do we actually measure success? But then empowering each of the line line leaders to actually identify. Oh, so I'm actually in my role to do this one thing. So it's context. It always has to be based on context because you get a lot of people who are doing a whole bunch of training that doesn't actually make any sense. And it's usually yeah. And I, somehow you guys know this. So. They, they spend a shitload of time getting all these training qualifications and things that actually just are not necessary or they've been put in place purely to avoid risk. But okay, cool, that might work in a bank. We don't work with banks. Um, it's one of those problems when you're working with a startup or a well-established startup that's moving through its grooves and its stages and its um, funding, which can also be a problem because a lot of funding can create a very false sense of success because they've got all the money and money can hide problems very quickly. Um, as I know, you guys have probably seen uh, many problems in that world. We're exposed to it all the time in terms of, um, yeah, the challenges, the pitfalls of raising money. I think there's some pitfalls in that too. I think sometimes it's some uh, blood, sweat, and tears into what you're doing can serve you better sometimes. I feel like um, you can blow money pretty quickly yeah, because yeah. you make crappy decisions yeah, because your money's it. there. So, yeah. Mm. I did that. I I, uh, I definitely did that, Andrew. I'm a, um, at one stage when we were developing the yeah. software, I was like, yes, we need this. It's really important. And then I was like, man, how did I think that was important? That was dumb. That was so dumb. And I was like, that set me back about, that sent me back a good year and a half, two years. We were very lucky. Mate, oh, yeah. And I, we were, I remember calling and connecting with the R&D department. And I was like, I love you. You <laughs> saved me. Without you, I'd be dead. <laughs> yes. like, that's good to know. But is the project successful? Well, like, yes, yes, it's a yeah. lot, and its heart is still beating. Thanks to you. So, it was um, it was a dreadfully good experience, um, especially in that early stage. You know, you get you get like obsessed, like this is gonna work, and then when you start unpacking it, you're like, <laughs> we're way off. We're so fucking off. But you, <laughs> but you don't have all the answers though, do you? Energy, At like, the time, you thought that was the right up. path. You were going down and the right decision. No. Um, sometimes it doesn't always play out the way we imagine. That's the reality. It, look, yeah. it, if anything, mm. no. Mm -hmm. it, it, it attracted more of the right team. So where I started to ask for help and realize that I just suck at certain things. Like I'm not a good product owner. I'm not a good product owner. Um, I hold the vision and the idea and then I partner with a good product owner who then helps me find an interim COO who then could understand like, oh, hey, this is what you're doing. And then we connected with the right CFOs around the place who they'd ask a whole different host of questions, but because they weren't emotionally caught up in it, they were just asking really blunt questions. And we were just very lucky that 
we had such a great network to begin with. Like, and that, when I say to begin with, I mean, it took five or six years to build that network. Um, so we had access to some really successful um, tech startups yeah. and the founders I just reached out to and was like, hey, what the fuck yeah. do you do? And then I was like, oh, do do this, don't do this. And I'm like, okay. And they, they were just unreal like help like and that, again that comes back to network and but i didn't connect with them because they had something i connected with them because we became mates and we shared a common common set of values about help and serving and a bit like what, what what we're doing it's it's kind of like we don't really know we just hung out train together work together even when some of them like i know one of them failed really bad but we all kind of chipped in to help him in whatever way good i ended up coaching him the other guys I don't know what they did. They ended up buying shit for him and stuff. And then he got back to the game and he's done really well. So it's kind of like, you know, you, your friends, your team. Um, oh, you're not in it alone. Let's and, put it that way. So, if you try to do it alone, it's never going to work. That's the reality. So No. Yeah. It, hmm. and, and look, we're still at a stage where we haven't gone out and sought funding. Or we haven't done any Series A or any of that kind of stuff. We... Um, we, we put it on the table a few times, but we didn't want to lose equity or control too soon. We we really wanted to push ourselves to the point that we turned into skeletons that we knew that we had something rather than um, really testing the middle of what we had. And we knew it worked when we were working it because we were doing it manually. That's a so positive, we built, yeah. If you've tested we were doing it something, manually, so some people write a, write a PowerPoint up and then they attempt to raise big money, and some do depending on area yeah. and they've got nothing <laughs> and they're just flying by this flying by the set of their pants yeah. um and we, yeah that's what we were noticing as well there was this kind of weird people would what we were noticing um, was this general like building things that weren't actually relevant to the market's current state or even future state we just went it was just an accident i said to my partner at the time i said we were on a flight and i said mate we're, we're fucked if we keep doing this manually like I, I don't have the capacity to be looking after this many people like i'm gonna die and he's like yeah but we can you're making making really good money and we can like hire people i'm like you just missed the point like this, this is not going to work he goes well let's get an lms i'm like lms's don't work dude they don't hold people accountable and give them clear maps in their context and he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, fuck, what are we going to do? And so we, we started looking at off-the-shelf, like commercial stuff off-the-shelf. We we tried to hybridize. We tried everything. We took everything. CRMs and yep. rebuilt backends, and none of it works. We tried everything before we spent any money. And then when we did money, we did spend the money. Um, you know, it took a long time to save that money and then risk it because I had, to, you know, the choice was do I buy my first home or do I spend this on this idea that i've tested manually through tons of people that seems to be working um yeah, and it was fucking continuous like it really was uh, and it never ends though and you'll, like see, you'll find that the process never ends um, because your thinking evolves yeah. your feedback from customers evolve and you get, um your business your people evolve your processes evolve they don't stay stagnant nothing does so your product doesn't stay stagnant that's the reality of product development no. it's yeah always going to move like everything else everything changes it's the only consistent so it has to change has to evolve yeah. otherwise you get left behind same thing yeah mm. yeah well it that, to that point it 
that that's exactly it feels like a we definitely had to change a few things very quickly when we started realizing the audience this best suited so we were originally trying to build a platform that could enable the integration and the activation of cultures but what we ended up actually building was an amazing coaching management tool like it was just that because we went wait a minute you've got leaders what are leaders doing what are managers doing what are people doing and we looked out there and there was no there was no platform there was big promises but no actual delivery and we went the other way around we were getting feedback from people going this is excuse me fucking really useful like this is great but there's no website there's no there's there's just amazing tool and we didn't even know about it and we're like yeah we <laughs> pretty like self what a mouth of like i'm Got still working that i'm like, yeah i'm like john wick you know we kind of keep yeah. it we pass a few coins around meet up at funny places like I wish that was the case. Um, it does happen, but it's not as cool as John Wick. So, um, but yeah, no, we're going through that stage now, polishing it off. We've got like two or three months left in the final sprint before it launches in its final version. So we had an MVP beginning of the year, but that MVP was like, oh, it's missing something. And then we had a whole bunch of clients hanging off it. And then we just said, they're happy with it. So before we bring any more volume, we're like, let's just get this bit right. Because I do not want to get anymore no, anyone in that's going to see it or less what working, is the so. platform what does it do for people um what's the vision where are you going so that that's a really good question um <laughs> put you on the spot there haven't I? Um, yeah obviously like the strategy he's done count um, the easy way to put it is it's transformation at scale. It's, it's how do we transform together? And the, the other key aspect is it's a, it's an asset protection system for founders and owners in their business. So it's a big one. Um, they've put their life on the line to build that thing. And it only takes one or two people to screw it up. Like that's a nice way to put it. So why not? make every single one of those individuals as awesome as they can be to help build what you're building so it was um it's a tool to help founders and owners transform their people and, and business that was it um in real time we were the easiest way from a military perspective is we it was like the blue force tracker which is like a mission planning and execution tool that, that um the australian the australian defense force uses um we built that for founders and owners because we know that the you guys will know this you know founders and owners just go fuck if my team doesn't change and they complain and i'm not i'm not saying they all do this but they all in they all subtly hint at it you know they're like if only my people xyz if only they did this if only they did that if only blah blah it's all blah, about blah, focus blah. though and so yeah. we just went well that can be solved <laughs> yeah so we went how do we help people okay. focus, act, and grow? And is it, uh, is it platform based system. only? Is there coaches involved? How so, does it come together? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a software at the moment. It's a software with a service, not software as a service. It's still a few, I would still say it's about a year, year and a half off being a software as a service. Um, and the type of clients that it really works well with are those looking to scale and, and grow their team. Like it's, it's, how do you manage and coordinate uh, teams that are moving quick? Um, 
Tim, it's been a great chat. We can get going, but I think we might cut it there. <laughs> we'll get you back on the podcast at some point, especially when the product launches a bit more. Let's yeah, um, focus in on that and um, yeah, spend some time the next three or four months when you're ready. Yeah, Let's man. talk a bit more of that and just put focus on how that journey went because it sounds like there's been plenty in that and plenty of people can take away from a learning perspective too, a bit of a retrospective. Um, That's yeah, it. No, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's that's a big story. When you're ready the whole and let's do it because owner. I feel like yeah. um, there's going to be a lot in that too. Tim, anyone wants to reach out, connect, where, where's the best place to find you? Best, best, honestly, the best place is just going to nextlevel.com.au, um, bishop at nextlevel.com.au, get me direct. I answer my own emails. Um, just forgive any delay. 48 hours, I'll get you back to you. Um, and a little bit of Instagram. I don't really hang out on Facebook at all, um, but I'm on Instagram. And um, LinkedIn is good. LinkedIn, I've uh, got heaps heap stuff going with LinkedIn. So any one of those is great. Um, and yeah, like best thing to do is just, just a conversation. I do not, I cannot and will not work with someone that we can't scale and grow or look after. Awesome tip. No, really, thanks for coming on and sharing your perspectives. Um, There's quite a bit in that. And probably an episode people might have to unpack and listen to a couple of times. That's my thoughts. (laughs) No, I appreciate it, mate. That's just me. I had actually a cover shot of coffee, which I don't think... Oh, very good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I I, I want to say, if you've got my art, thanks for making the time to jump on. Um, it's actually been it's been awesome to hear more. I, I, I'm really wanting to connect with you guys later after the podcast because I'd like to really sure know what you guys <laughs> actually stand for because what you guys have communicated really yeah, got a lot more than just the website. Like Always does. So, um, we're, we're the face. Of, yeah, of I'd love to. Um, I'd really love to catch up with that, you guys. That's, once you meet the face, that's that's who we yeah, are. Yeah, that's it. Um, we're very different, as you can probably tell. Um, yeah, but I think it. It's we're a, we're a marriage, marriage oh, made yeah. in heaven. We used to argue a lot, nice. and then we realised that ah, we're uh, actually good to actually challenge each other. So now years. we just play off each other. And we know how we work. We've been yeah. together for fourteen years in business, um, and yeah, it's, we, yeah. So his background is we started. Oh, wow. in no, no, um, yeah, you did say honors, we, he was still in the business. Masters, were you? Honors, I think. Yeah, and and I. I wrapped up and walked into a, a business straight out of uni. Um, we had no bloody idea what we were doing. <laughs> Spent five years probably twiddling That's our thumbs amazing. and trying to figure out how the hell do we do something, add some value, and yeah, the rest is sort of history. And now it's around how do we keep evolving? That's my take. Mm. No office anymore. We're Melbourne That's based. Awesome, yeah, I was checking out where you were because I definitely want to go for a beer or a lunch or something. But uh, yeah. Mate, for sure. Well, well, I'm in and out of Melbourne sometimes in Sydney, but man, I'm based out of Brisbane and flying's, you know, easy. Yeah, sounds so good. It'd be worth catching yeah. up and learning more no, about I appreciate it. And do. everybody listening in, um, Thanks enjoy for the, the podcast. Um, and check no, out um, thank you. Tim and I hope you enjoy, enjoy the conversation there. Thanks, Tim, for joining us, mate.